Section 19 of Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6, by Julian Hawthorne, Editor. Section 19. The Sultan and His Three Sons, from the Thousand and One Nights. Translated from the Arabic by Sir Richard and Lady Isabel Burton. There was erewhile in the land of Al-Yaman a man which was a sultan, and under him were three kinglets whom he overruled. He had four children, to wit, three sons and a daughter. He also owned wealth and treasures greater than reed can pen or page may contain, as well as animals such as horses and camels, sheep and black cattle and he was held in awe by all the sovereigns. But when his reign had lasted for a length of time, age brought with it ailments and infirmities, and he became incapable of faring forth his palace to the divan, the hall of audience. Whereupon he summoned his three sons to the presence, and said to them, As for me, tis my wish to divide among you all my substance ere I die, that ye may be equal in circumstance, and live in accordance with whatso I shall command. And they said, Hearkening and obedience. Then quoth the sultan, Let the eldest of you become sovereign after me. Let the cadet succeed to my monies and treasures, and as for the youngest, let him inherit my animals of every kind. Suffer none to transgress against other, but each aid each and assist his co-partner. Then he caused them to sign a bond and agreement to abide by his bequeathal, and after delaying a while, he departed to the mercy of Allah. Thereupon his three sons got ready the funeral gear and whatever was suited to his estate for the mortuary obsequies, such as ceremonies and other matters. They washed the corpse and enshrouded it and prayed over it, then, having committed it to the earth, they returned to their palaces, where the wazirs and the lords of the land, and the city folk in their multitudes, high and low, rich and poor, flocked to condole with them on the loss of their father, and the news of his decease was soon bruited abroad in all the provinces, and deputations from each and every city came to offer condolence to the king's sons. These ceremonies duly ended, the eldest prince demanded that he should be seated as sultan, on the stead of his sire in accordance with the paternal will and testament but he could not obtain it from his two brothers as both and each said i will become ruler in room of my father so enmity and disputes for the government now arose among them and it was not to be won by any but at last quoth the eldest prince wend we and submit ourselves to the arbitration of a sultan of the tributary sultans and let him to whom he shall adjudge the realm take it and reign over it. Quoth they, Tis well, and thereto agreed, as did also the wazirs, and the three set out without suite, seeking a sultan of the sultans who had been under the hands of their sire, in order that they might take him to arbitrator. And they stinted, not faring till the middle way, when, behold, they came upon a mead abounding in herbage, and in rainwater lying sheeted. So they sat them down to rest, and to eat of their victual, when one of the brothers, casting his eye upon the herbage, cried, 
Verily, a camel hath lately passed this way, laden half with halwa sweetmeats and half with hamiz pickles. True, cried the second, and he was blind of an eye. Hardly, however, had they ended their words when, lo, the owner of the camel came upon them, for he had overheard their speech and had said to himself, By Allah, these three fellows have driven off my property, inasmuch as they have described the burden and eke the beast as one-eyed and cried out ye three have carried away my camel by allah we have not seen him quoth the princess much less have we touched him but quoth the man by the almighty who can have taken him except you and if you will not deliver him to me off with us i and you three to the sultan they replied by all manner of means let us win to the sovereign so the four hide forth the three princes and the cameleer and ceased not faring till they reached the capital of the king where they took seat without the wall to rest for an hour's time and presently they arose and pushed into the city and came to the royal palace then they craved leave of the chamberlains and one of the eunuchs caused them enter and signified to the sovereign that the three sons of such and such a sultan had made act of presence so he bade them be set before him and the four went in and saluted him and prayed for him and he returned their salams he then asked them what is it hath brought you hither and what may ye want in way of inquiry now the first to speak was the cameleer and he said o my lord the sultan verily these three men have carried off my camel by proof of their own speech for they have indeed described him and the burden he bore and i require of our lord the sultan that he take from these whites and deliver to me the camel which is mine as proved by their own words presently asked the sultan what say ye to the claims of this man and the camel belonging to him hereto the princes made answer by allah o king of the age we have not seen the camel much less have we stolen him thereupon the cameleer exclaimed o my lord i heard yonder one say that the beast was blind of an eye and the second said that half his load was of sour stuff and the other half was of sweet stuff they replied true we spake these words and the sultan cried to them ye have purloined the beast by this proof they rejoined no by allah o my lord we sat us in such a place for repose and refreshment and we remarked that some of the pasture had been grazed down so we said this is the grazing of a camel and he must have been blind of one eye as the grass was eaten only on one side but as for our saying that the load was half halwa sweetmeats and half hamiz pickles we saw on the place where the camel had knelt the flies gathering in great numbers while on the other were none so the case was clear to us as flies settle on naught save the sugared that one of the panniers must have contained sweets and the other sours hearing this the sultan said to the cameleer o man fare thee forth and look after thy camel for these signs and tokens prove not the theft of these men but only the power of their intellect and their penetration and when the cameleer heard this he went his ways presently the sultan cleared a place in the palace and allotted to it the princes for their entertainment he also directed that they be supplied with a banquet and the eunuchs did his bidding but when it was eventide and the supper was served up 
The trio sat down to it, purposing to eat. The cadet, tasting a bit of kid, exclaimed, This kid was suckled by a dog. And the youngest exclaimed, Assuredly, this sultan must be of ignoble birth. And this was said by the youths, what while the sultan had hidden himself, in order to hear and to profit by the prince's words. So he waxed wroth, and entered hastily, crying, What be these speeches ye have spoken? They replied, Concerning what thou hast heard, inquire within, and thou wilt find it wholly true. The sultan then went forth, and summoned the head shepherd, and asked him concerning the kid he had butchered. He replied, By Allah, O my lord, the nanny goat that bare the kid died, and we found none other in milk to suckle him. But I had a dog that had just pupped, and her have I made nourish him. The sultan lastly hent his sword in hand, and proceeded to the apartments of the sultana mother, and cried, By Allah, unless thou avert my shame, we will cut thee down with this scimitar. Say me whose son I am. She replied, By Allah, O my child, indeed falsehood is an excuse, but fact and truth are more saving and superior. Verily thou art the son of a cook. Thy sire could not obtain boy children, and I bear him only a single daughter. But it so fortuned that the kitchener's wife lay in of a boy, to wit thyself. So we gave my girl babe to the cook, and took thee as son of the sultan, dreading for the realm after thy sire's death. The king went forth from his mother in astonishment at the penetration of the youths, and when he had taken seat in his palace, he summoned the trio, and as soon as they appeared he asked them, Which of you was it that said of the kid's meat that the beast was suckled by a dog? What proof had he of this? How did he learn it, and whence did his intelligence discover it to him? Now when the deceased sultan's second son heard these words, he made answer, I, O king of the age, am he who said that say. The king replied, Tis well. And the prince resumed, O my lord, that which showed me the matter of the meat which was to us brought is as follows. I found the fat of the kid all near the bone, and I knew that the beast had sucked dog's milk, for the flesh of dogs lieth outside, and their fat is on their bones, whereas in sheep and goats the fat lieth upon the meat. Such then was my proof wherein there is no doubt nor hesitation. And when thou shalt have made question and inquiry, thou wilt find this to be fact. Quoth the Sultan, Tis well, thou hast spoken truth, and whatso thou sayest is soothfast. But which is he who declared that I am ignoble? And what was his proof, and what sign in me exposed it to him? Quoth the youngest prince, I am he who said it. And the sultan rejoined, There is no help but that thou provide me with a proof. The prince rejoined, O my lord, I have evidence that thou art the son of a cook, and a base-born, and that thou didst not sit at meat with us, and this was mine all-sufficient evidence. Every man hath three properties, which he inheriteth at times from his father, at times from his maternal uncle, and at times from his mother. From his sire cometh generosity or niggardness from his uncle courage or cowardice, from his mother modesty or immodesty, and such is the proof of every man. Then to him quoth the sultan, Sooth thou speakest. But say me, men who, like you, 
know all things thoroughly by evidence and by your powers of penetration what cause have they to come seeking arbitration at my hand beyond yours there be no increase of intelligence so fare ye forth from me and manage your matter among yourselves for tis made palpable to me by your own words that naught remaineth to you save to speak of mysterious subjects nor have i the capacity to adjudge between you after that which i have heard from you in fine and ye possess any document drawn up by your sire before his decease act according to it and contrary it not upon this the princes went forth from him and made for their own country and city and did as their father had bidden them do on his deathbed the eldest enthroned himself as sultan the cadet assumed possession and management of the monies and treasures and the youngest took to himself the camels and the horses and the beeves and the muttons then each and every was indeed equal with his co-partner in the gathering of good End of section 19